we're happy to be back, but we could stay longer. Uh, if you ever get a chance to Israel, please go. You will not regret it. You'll probably gain a few pounds because it's the best food ever. I mean, really, it's really good. Thank you, Lord. So, so it was an awesome trip. Um, just thank John and Ree and Franklin for taking Becky and I and taking care of us over there and sharing a lot of what God has given them over the years. Um, well, I don't, you know, here, here's one thing I, I do know about, uh, I went over there, you know, with this hope that, you know, people had told me, oh, the Bible will be in color, you know, for you from now on. Uh, and that's really true. It's above what I was expecting. Uh, that was one of my goals was was that I just really wanted to have a greater love for the Word and um, just more revelation from the Word. And uh, that really happened, powerfully happened, um, <clears throat> in a lot of different ways. I'm not good at giving testimonies like this. It, I mean, it's just like drinking out of a fire hose for two weeks. <laughs> That's the way it felt to me. And I just try, like Becky said, it's like going to uh, a semester uh, at a university all in, in a couple of weeks thrown at you. Just, it's just amazing. Uh, but I think the main thing, though, um, it's just a, it's so prophetic over there, it's incredible. I mean, you walk into a, like a prophetic swirl, and it's God, let me tell you this, let me tell you all this, God keeps His Word. If you have a promise over your life, I can promise you that God is going to answer that promise. You know, Psalm 2 says the Lord uh, sits up in heaven and laughs at what the kings of the earth do. Y'all know that? He, he laughs about their plans and plots. And when you go to Israel, you can see and you can hear God laughing. Because you see all this stuff going on that people are doing. And p- different groups are, you know, vying for for a piece of the pie over there. Because really, you know, Jerusalem's the center of the world, whether you like that or not. It is absolutely centered world. And everybody wants a piece of it because that's where the, where the king is going to come back. And so everybody, every spirit there is wants a piece of that place. But the Lord's sitting up in heaven laughing about it. He, he laughs. Let me tell you this. He's laughing about this thing that's on the temple, you know, where the temple mount is, the original temple, there's this... this uh, the Dome of the Rock, which is like a, what is that thing? It's a mosque. That's the and the Lord's, and everybody's all angst about that. You think God's angst about that? God is laughing about that. Like, y'all going to stop me? They've actually sealed up the doors where Jesus is supposed to come in, the king's supposed to come back in. Like, oh, that's going to stop him. <laughs> so if you really want to meet the God of Abraham in a, in a different way, the God of Abraham who is there. You know, you go over there like wanting to to find out about Israel, but you really find out about the God of Israel. That's that's what I found and I discovered over there. Is I discovered the God of Israel. And I got to see all my some I think all my favorite places in the Bible, I got to go see them. You know, I got to go see my favorite spots. Uh Of course you can. I just want to say one thing is a lot of y'all know my mother loved Israel, and um, 
she always gave money for these organizations to get the Jews back into the land. She just believed that. I mean, from the time I was a little girl, she was always giving money about to that. And, um, and it was just, Byron and I really felt like that we reaped what she has sown. And I just want to tell you, give to Israel. Be a person that loves what God loves. Because you, when you're there, you know he loves Israel. And you just, because he, the night I left, I've never been in another country where I didn't want to go home the next day. But I felt like I was home. And that's something I felt I was at home. And so, whew, it is, it is something. And, um, and it is what Byron said. It's, you know, every promise. I mean, Israel is a land of promise. I mean, the pr- prophetic words of over all the years that it would once again be its own nation. It is amazing to behold it because it is true. You know, because of that, one thing that every promise in the Bible will be fulfilled, and it will be fulfilled over our lives. And I just wanted to just give you that, that it's just important to love what God loves. And, I will, you know, find somewhere to give to Israel. If you need somewhere to, we'll, we'll tell you some ideas. John knows ideas. And so, amen. Amen to that. Ooh, thank you, Lord. That was great praying this morning. Thank you for uh, doing that and uh, the worship team. That was really awesome. That was great, wasn't it? I've had church, haven't you? Yeah, amen. That was really good. Yeah. So I was uh, inspired by lots of things over there. But one of the things that, well, how many people feel like God's doing something in their life new? Does anybody in this room feel that? And it's, how many people feel, this is probably not the best word, but it feels like a collision in me. That's how it feels in my life. I'm, I'm in this collision. I don't know what that is. Okay? It's good, though. It's a, it's a God collision. And I, I just feel like that God is doing some things right now in people's hearts. And that was uh, a year ago. I'm saying a year ago. I became very aware a year ago. God was speaking. That started speaking to me. Okay? In a very unusual way. And he really had my attention. But I, really, I realized this is like he's walking me down this journey with him. And getting to go to Israel was part of that journey. Man, I was having many collisions over there. Like, I mean, my car was destroyed over there. That's what it felt like. So I want to encourage you, though, is we're coming into something new in the spirit realm. And it's, it's going to be amazing, okay? And I'm not, it may be a third grade awakening. I don't know. I don't really care, to be honest with you. I don't care. If it's God, I don't care. Whatever, whatever God wants to do. But I want to tell you something. You need to ask the Lord, if you're not hearing the Lord, if you don't feel like God's speaking to you, just ask Him to help you. That's all you got to do, Lord, help me. Help me to tune in to what you're doing. Amen. Well, you know, uh, I'm going to give you a message now, okay? Uh, About, I don't know how many years ago, probably about 18 or 19 years ago, I had this headache. (laughs) This is a great testimony. I had this headache that was unreal. It was like... I was okay one moment, and the next moment it felt like my, I don't know, it's hard to explain this, but it felt like it was this rip inside of me. And I started seeing double. 
and I hurt all over my body. My skin hurt. I couldn't lay. I was laying in the bed trying to be still because the sheet on my on the bed hurt me. Light hurt me. Every, every sound, a voice would just make me want to just get in a fetal position. And uh, I suppose it was a migraine headache. I don't know. But if anybody has migraine, if they, people have headaches like that, you can see why they would absolutely destroy a person's life. You, and just really, uh, you know, when we talk about headaches, we th- normally talk about a small thing. But that had the potential. I was wondering if I was going to die from it. I was wondering if it was going to kill me. It was that bad. And so it went on all day, too. You know, it's one of them kind of headaches where you take a Tylenol or something, it don't even touch it. And so, but later on in the day, the Lord started speaking to me out of uh, Gospel Mark, chapter 5. And I started thinking about that, um, you know, several weeks ago. I started going back through that Gospel Mark, chapter 5, which I just has become this amazing thing. Long story short is the Lord spoke to me about what's in that powerful chapter in the Bible. That a, a chapter that's special in, in, in Jesus' heart because a lot of it takes place around his, where he lived and around the people he knew and the people that he, he carried on with. And, uh, and one of the beautiful things about uh, when we were over there is we got to go there. We got to go and retrace somewhat the steps of Mark 5. It was a special, a special moment. Uh, for me, I mean, because that's one of my favorite dear things because, because the Lord healed me of that headache. He, that night, He healed me after I read Mark 5 and saw the power, the power of God and the beauty of the Lord and how powerful and beautiful God really is. That He could take me from one moment of, of, of couldn't even stand myself because I hurt so bad to, to being healed in a moment. And just being, you know, sometimes, you know, you, I don't know if you've ever had a bad headache and went to bed, woke up the next morning, it was over with, but you felt like, ugh. You know what I'm saying? Like, woo, man, you felt kind of woozy and spacey because the headache was so bad, but I had none of that. It was like an instant healing. And I think it was like, you know, the word of the Lord has power to heal in itself. And so, so it was really beautiful uh, to get to go over there. And, of course, in Mark 5 is... There's like these three amazing miracles that Jesus did. Uh, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about one of them. Are you good? Uh, so I'm going to tell you a few thoughts about it, uh, Mark 5. First, here's things that I see in Mark 5. Just two really important things. One is Mark chapter 5 reveals who the Lord really is. It reveals Jesus. It re- reveals this person. And it reveals that he is a very loving person and a very caring person because that's what happens in Mark 5 is he loves people and he cares for them. But it also reveals this very powerful man, like the ultimate man of power. That's, that's what it reveals, the ultimate man of power. And see, one, sometimes I think what we've got to do as the body of Christ, what we've got to do is we've got to get this revelation going about the power of God. You know, because Jesus is absolutely loving, and out of love comes power. Okay? And that's really one of the things that does. You, you, when, listen. Here, listen to this. We love the presence of the Lord. How many people don't love the presence of the Lord? I'm talking about when the presence of the Lord comes, when you feel it. 
You know what I'm talking about? If anybody don't know what I'm talking about, before you walk out of here today, I want to pray for you. Because I, I want you to feel God's presence. I want you to feel it. Because when you feel it, it will ruin you. It will destroy you for anything else. If you're a, if you're a hooked on heroin today, you can get instantly, instantly delivered because that presence can come. And you will say, I will give anything for that presence. I will live for that presence. That presence is the most important thing in my life. Isn't that the truth? And that's why we worship. Because we want to be in His presence. We want to enjoy His presence. But, I'm, but let me just say this. And I'm a, y'all know, if you know me, you know I love the presence of the Lord. But I'll tell you this is what the Lord's been showing me about the presence of the Lord. God's presence never comes... Without a purpose. God always has purpose when He manifests His presence. Now sometimes it's just to love you. It's just to kiss you on the cheek and tell you how much. You know, we were listening to a song on the way over with my grandkids by Rod Stewart. Y'all know who Rod Stewart is? Y'all too, too Christian for that. Good old Rod. Have I told you lately how much I love you? Or have I told you lately that I love you? Man, a beautiful song. I found out about, I did a little research on that song. That song was really, originally, Rod Stewart didn't write that song. It was written as a country song in the 1940s to the Lord. The, to the Lord. This guy wrote this song to the Lord, a country singer. Have you told, told me lately how much I love you? Well, that's pretty good. My grandkids were pretty fascinated listening to that. Hey, I'll tell you another song we listened to <laughs> that was powerful. This is in the taxi cab. Uh, we went and we heard all these Hebrew songs, which I couldn't understand any of them, but it was beautiful. But on the way back to the hotel, this taxi driver had this iPad hooked up watching music videos while he was driving. <laughs> but he, uh, he, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, but this one song, was, there was a couple of good old songs on there. But the one that really got to me was, uh, uh, what's the name of that song, Becky? Huh? No. What's the name of the other song about friends? Friends forevermore. That's what friends are for. I'll, something like I'll be there for you or something. But Oh, wow. What was the name of that lady who sang that thing? Patty LaBelle, man, that woman had an anointing on her. Y'all ever heard of Patty LaBelle? Are y'all too cool for that? Because if you're too cool for that, you ain't cool. <laughs> I mean, that woman had an anointing on her. There was power. I was sitting in that taxi cab. I was feeling some power hitting me. You know, when she started singing, like, whoa. Go listen to that song. Listen. Well, all of them were great, but Patty LaBelle, there was a bunch of people singing it together, a bunch of black, black artists and Good old Patty, man. She was something. I don't know why I was telling you all that. What was I talking about? <laughs> Maybe I'm jet lagging, right? All right, got to get serious here. Okay, I'm sorry if I'm not being serious. Not really. So, you can't separate the hand of God from the face of God. Okay? You just can't do it. Because, the, you know, God's, God's power is integral to who He is. And so when we begin to talk about the presence of the Lord and having this relationship with the Lord and knowing this person, power is inherent with that. 
And God and Jesus didn't come to earth as a powerless person. He came to earth to show us what real power really is and what real power looks like. And so that's what Mark 5, it begins to reveal who Christ really is, that he is one of the most loving men, the most loving man, and the most powerful man that ever walked this earth. And and God wants to reveal himself to us like that, both as love and power, both his face and his hand. And the next thing it reveals, this is just my little humble opinion, is that there's these common problems that every human being has is addressed in this, in this one chapter. Every problem that we'll ever face, there's the problem of demons. There's a the problem of sin. There's the problem of families and relationships. There's the problem of our finances. There's the problem of our health. And there's the problem of death. Every one of them, we're going to face them at some point in time. And every one of them in this one chapter, the Holy Spirit put it together to show us that Jesus Christ is the answer to all those problems. That He has an answer for every one of them and He wants to release that answer into the earth. Is that good? It's, it's power. That's what I'm saying. You can get a lot of juice. That night when the Lord healed me, I had the problem of sickness. I had the problem of sickness, and he answered that problem with his power. Am I talking to anybody this morning? So, so we went up there to this place. I'm going to read uh, Mark 5. I'm going to read verse 1 and a couple more, right? It says, Then they came to the other side of the sea. That's the Sea of Galilee, the one that Jesus walked on, the one where he done a lot of his miracles around this beautiful sea that's really big and pretty, and we rode on a boat in it. And we didn't try to get out of the boat and walk on the water, though. <laughs> but we thought about it. <laughs> yeah, we did dance on the water, kind of. I kind of went along with it, you know. <laughs> I, don't, I just go along with stuff like that. So here's the thing. Think about it like this. There's this uh, town called Capernaum, okay? And there's another town called Tiberias, y'all heard, these are all biblical names. But on the other side of this big old lake, there was a place called Decapolis. Okay, Decapolis was kind of up in the hills. And Decapolis was not Jewish. It was a, a Gentile place. It was, it was a mixed place. They were a mixture of people. But they weren't like the, the really special Jewish people. And it says, they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes... And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one, no one could bind him, and not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him. This is a very vicious dude, right? If he can tear up, break chains and shackles. And the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. They were trying to tame the guy. That's crazy, isn't it? I mean, he was just a raving, mad man that nobody could do anything with. Okay? And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. Okay? Now, this has to be the worst person there is in the Bible. If you think about it, there is no worser person that's described in the Bible than this man. His life was absolutely destroyed. He was consumed. He was messed up beyond anything any of us had ever seen. We may never see another person alive that was that messed up. 
And that's really what Jesus wanted to get the worst. He went after the absolute worst person, which should give you some hope this morning. Because you're not living in a graveyard. You're not crying out all night. You're not cutting yourself with stones. And Jesus met this man. He reached out to this man. And so I'm telling you, this is one of the things that can happen, is your faith can get released through this. You hear what I'm telling you? That's why this is in here, is to release some faith in our hearts. Because when God does something one time, He wants to do it again. And if He can do it with the worst of us. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Lord help, right? They were trying to tame Him. And, and always night and day, He was in tombs crying out and cutting Himself stone. And when He saw Jesus from afar, He ran, listen, and worshipped Him. Can I slap somebody who sits through worship this morning? Seriously, can I slap somebody who sits there with their arms fold, folded in worship? When you got a, a lunatic, when you got a man that's full of demons, does that tell you something? Something's going on in the spirit that we ain't getting. Okay? This, the demons were seeing something that we brainy, intellectual, educated people were not seeing. What a shame when demons worship and Christians sit with their arms folded, indignant, or fought with their arms folded and refuse to worship because I don't feel like it. I don't like the song. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Or that's not the way I do it. Well, you could go along like I did with the dancing. You just fake it like, okay, everybody's dancing. I better do it with them, even though I don't like to dance and I can't dance and it's embarrassing and I feel humiliated doing it. But okay. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I do to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. That was Jesus saying that. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. That's an understatement. And also he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. And so all the demons begged him. All of them began to beg him. That's a lot of begging. It says all of them. There was a lot of demons in this guy. You know how many demons? There could have been up to 8,000 demons. That's what a legion, a legion of Roman soldiers could go up to 8,000 soldiers. There could have possibly been 8,000 demons in this man. Now, you're talking about somebody that's messed up. I can just imagine that moment when you got however many thousands, 8,000 demons begging. Can you imagine that? Look, look, this was not a tame moment. This wasn't a nice, a, a nice moment on the hillside. Let's, let's play the music quietly and let's be reverent. No, that, this was a wild scene. This was a battered scene. This was a, this was a tore up man. You got 8,000 demons crying out and begging Jesus to not, throw them, to not torment them. And, and then you got this man that they're crying out through. This human being that's tortured. It was a wild scene. It was a, it was a messy scene. Because Jesus likes to step into people's messy lives. He's not embarrassed about the mess. He don't run away from the mess. Yeah, amen. 
So, so all the demons been sent us into the swine. That's swines or pigs. <laughs> you know what I did? <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I brought my two wicker barbecue T-shirts to Israel with me. <laughs> and I pulled one out, and I noticed on the back was a swine. <laughs> I thought, I probably shouldn't wear this here. You know, for sure not in Jerusalem. And I contemplated wearing it at the Dead Sea, and I thought, nah. I, I don't think that would go over here. I don't want to offend people with my barbecue shirt in Israel because, you know, they don't believe in that. <laughs> like, what was I thinking, right? I wasn't. So, and at once Jesus gave them permission, then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000 swine. That's a lot of swines, right? That's a lot of barbecue, man. <laughs> and... The, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. And we saw those pigs floating in the sea. <laughs> Not really. That was a long time ago. <laughs> so that's what, the, that's the first person in this story. There was three people. There was this person. And then Jesus went back to Capernaum. And there was a woman who was slowly bleeding to death. And we saw the spot where she was healed uh, in the ruins of the synagogue there. And we were, there was a fence around it. We were trying to get our hands in there. And then there was a, the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus. He had a little girl, 12 years old, at the age of my granddaughter, who, who died. And Jesus raised her from the dead. So those are like the three, the three big miracles this, in this book. But what I wanted to talk to you about a little bit more, are y'all good? Are y'all engaged or not? Yes. All righty, come on. Woo, Lord help. Is I wanted to talk about this. I wanted to talk about Jesus' power over Satan. Okay, this is really an important thing, okay, is to have a good revelation of Jesus' power over Satan. And so... To help us see this is I want us to see how powerful demons are because demons are powerful. I want to, I'm going to tell you that right now. Demons are very powerful. And if you've ever had a, a, an encounter with a demon, you will find out that you are no match for that demon in your flesh. Okay? I remember my first real encounter with a demon when I was first married, and it was, it was terrorizing. I mean, absolutely terrorizing. Okay, fortunately, I had enough sense to call on the name of Jesus. Okay, but so here's a little theology of demons, and I get this mostly out of this out of the book of Ephesians. I'm not going to give it all to you, but this this is what Ephesians says uh, in Ephesians chapter two. It, it this is my translation. Working behind the and, and we pray this working behind the world system. Okay, is the devil. Working behind the world system is the devil, okay? Dominating and controlling society, which is in turn dominating humanity that has not accepted the Lord yet. So you got this, there's this devil, he's real. That's what, the, that's what Paul calls him. He calls him in Ephesians 2, the prince of the power of the air, okay? The prince of the power. Paul, in another place, calls him the ruler of this age, the, Jesus defeated the devil at the cross, but he did not do, get away, eliminate the devil. The devil's still here. The devil is active. 
Paul calls him the ruler of this age. He called him the prince. Jesus called him the God of this age. And so what he does, he works through the media. He works through the government. He works through television. He works through Facebook. He works through all these different ways, through people dominating and controlling society. That's how he operates. Are y'all following this? And so he's very active working to control us. And I'll tell you something. He will wedge his way into your life. He will wedge his way through television. He'll wedge his way listen to the media. He's, he's speaking all the time. He's talking to us. We're getting de- de- not dem- demonic downloads constantly coming at us. And if you're paying attention, you can begin to discern what's of the devil and what's not of the devil. But you have to learn. So you've got to learn. That's why Paul said we don't need to be ignorant of his devices. That we need to be paying attention to what we're listening to, what we're allowing into our life. The vain philosophies of the world that are clever. Are you following me? So that's what, that's what Paul was talking about in Ephesians. I'm going to tell you, he has power to back up his kingdom. He uses his power in the world constantly. That, why are there wars? Why is there sickness? All these things the devil's using to combat against us, to come against us. And so, you know, he does have power to back up his kingdom, okay, but he does not have legal power over Christians. He does not have legal power over you and I. Okay, but he can get power over you. Okay, if you begin to believe and you begin to listen to what he says and begin to agree with what he says, once you make that agreement, then he has power over you. That's why people have strongholds. That's why there are Christians who are, who are severely demonically oppressed. Because the devil, they've somehow they've made an agreement. They have listened to him. They've believed his lies and he's worked his way. I'll tell you another way the devil gets to people is, is through your children. The, the devil will get to families and, and disrupt families and bring division in families through children. That's why it's real important for our children. I love that, praying, bringing the kids into that. They've got to be brought into it. Listen to this, y'all. Listen to this. We went to the Holocaust Museum in Israel, in, in Jerusalem. And it's amazing. Everybody in the world should be made to go to that. I mean, honestly, it'll, it'll, it will destroy you. It will break you. It'll break you. It's an amazing place. But they have this special section called the Children's Museum. And listen to this. It takes one year, okay, they mention the names of the children that they know that were killed during the Holocaust. It takes a year to go through the whole names. That's going after name, after name, after name, after name. A year for the children. These are children, kids. One lady, uh, they have all these videos of people who were in the Holocaust that Steven Spielberg worked on. Made, they're really nice and real professional. As one lady was talking about the children, like she said, daily you would see children, babies, grabbed by their feet and slammed against brick walls, killed. Babies. They were in, that was in those ghettos. So, I mean, you know, the enemy wants to destroy children. And he wants to destroy us through our children. I'll tell you that now. Because what's more destructive to a family than something that happens with their, with their children? It can just absolutely consume you. And so we really need to, to take care of our children and really need to really put the right things in them and make sure that we're putting, giving priority to our families. 
you know, because if we don't, you know, we're, we're, we're putting them at risk. And when we put them at risk, we put ourselves at risk. That's pretty sober, isn't it? Well, the devil's a spirit. He lives in a spiritual world, right? He's, he's not flesh and blood. And demons are, are like the fallen angels that fell with him. So that's some important things. Let me read Acts 19.13. These are about some demons. Uh, we're here preaching about demons today, aren't we? <laughs> it says, Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon, them, took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. We exercise, we're casting you out by Jesus whom Paul preaches. So, so these, these guys did not know Jesus. They probably had witnessed and saw the anointing and power that Paul the Apostle had casting demons out of people. And so they were exorcists themselves. So they decided this is how we're going to do this thing. Okay? And there were these seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. There were these seven boys, seven guys, seven, seven brothers that decided they were going to cast out demons using the name of Jesus that they didn't know. And so they went after this one old guy and the, to cast them out, and the evil spirit answered them and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Boy, that's going to, if, you, if a demon ever says that to you, all I can say is start running. Because you're fixing to get naked if you don't. Okay? This is what happened. Then the man in whom the evil spirits was leaped on them. This is one man against seven men. Overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Think about it. That's one demon versus seven men. Think about how powerful that is. One, one demon versus seven men. So demons are powerful, but think about Jesus. Jesus had 8,000 demons versus one man. 8,000 to one. That is not a fair fight on any day. And in fact, these demons, they knew exactly who Jesus was. You're Jesus, you are the son of the most high God. They worshiped him. They were begging him. There was no fight. They were begging Jesus. These other guys, they got the fire beat out of them. They got hurt. They got exposed. They ran down the road. Everybody laughing at them naked as jaybirds. That's what those demons did. But with Jesus, they are begging him. Please, please, we beg you. 8,000 against one man. That's the power of God. That's what God wants us to know about how powerful He is. That's why this story's in here. He's trying to tell us something. He's trying to tell us that Jesus Christ is the most powerful man that ever lived. He's the ultimate power man. And He wants us to get some revelation about that power. Because Jesus is not afraid of no devil. Every devil's afraid of Him. This is what uh, um, dear brother James in verse... James 2, 19, admonishing people about faith without fruit, faith without works, faith without doing anything with it. He said, you believe that there is one God. You do well. Even demons believe and tremble. Demons believe and tremble. They're afraid. Demons are afraid of God. They're very afraid of Jesus. Okay? 
So why is this important to us, right? That's the question. Why are we talking about demons? This is really important to you because you and I are in a war. Whether you want to believe that or not, we're in a war. We're, we're, being, you know, we're being assailed constantly. We're, fiery darts are constantly being fired at us. And what God wants us to know is that we have something. We got something going here. We can win this war. In fact, the war's already been won. We just need to deal with it. We need to deal with what's coming at us. We need to overcome what's coming at us. Uh, listen, I think somebody's quoted this earlier, Ephesians 6, 12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of darkness, days, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So that's Paul talking about in Ephesians, that, that, that we're in this fight. We're in the same fight that the seven sons of Sceva, it's the same demons that the seven sons of Sceva faced. It's the same demons that Jesus faced. They're still here. They're still fighting. They're still resisting. Okay? But what the Lord wants us to know is you got something that nobody else has. See, we got the answer. Okay? We've got it. Everybody else is wrong. Okay? All the other religions are wrong. They don't have it. We've got it. We've got the person. We've got God. We've got Him in us. We don't just have Him on our side. We're on His side. Okay? He's brought us in. He's brought us in. And He wants us to know what we have. Okay? Listen to 1 John 4, 4. You are of God. Little children had overcome them. He's talking about the spirit of this age. Because He who is in you is greater than He who is in the world. And see, that's where the church has got to start thinking like. We've got to start thinking that we've got something greater in us than what the world has. You know, the most futile place on the earth I've concluded is this. I could be wrong about it. Is that wall there in Jerusalem where everybody goes and prays? The Western Wall, right? That's, to me, the most futile place on earth because everybody's praying for the Messiah to come. Right? That's a futile prayer, right? I'm not talking about the second return. They're just trying to get him to come. They're praying for a Messiah that's already come to come. Now, that's futility. And, you know, they're very, uh, Paul said it like this, they have a lot of zeal but not knowledgeable zeal, not revelation zeal, not zeal according to knowledge is what he said. And so you're putting all this energy and effort into something and that you don't need to put any energy and effort into you just need to believe what he said. Believe what he, he wanted you to believe. That was pretty interesting going to that Western Mall. They were doing those bar mitzvahs, which was pretty interesting to watch. You know, bouncing people around. They had all these kids. These are young kids. You know, what? How old are they? 12? Yeah. And they had to... I guess a whole chapter maybe, they had to read it in Hebrew. And some of them don't speak Hebrew. Because people from all over the world bring their kids there. People have got money, obviously, to do their bar mitzvah there. And some of them don't even speak the language. So I was watching these kids over there. They were memorizing it. They were going through it on the side because they were. It was their turn was coming. They were going to go do their bar mitzvah. But they had to go and, and read that chapter. Well, they really had it all memorized in their minds, watching them. They were saying it, you know, out loud, like, hoping, like, you know how you do when you got a test and you're trying to memorize something. That's what they were doing. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? It's pretty fascinating. It's pretty fascinating 
to go into a, a world where there's people who believe stronger than we believe in, in their religion. The Orthodox Jews, you know, have the little curls on the thing, and they're everywhere, and they're the saddest people on the earth. Their wives are all sad. They, they have this grim look on their face, every one of them. And they're everywhere there. They're just absolutely everywhere. Some of them are very demonized too, by the way. They're full of demons. It's not all of them, but some of them are very full of demons, just like some Christians have a lot of de- demon oppression on them. But I, I think this morning what the Lord wants to do is, first of all, this is what I feel. If Jesus could reach this man, okay, and was willing to reach that man, the worst man ever, the worst man in the Bible, it doesn't matter what you've done this morning because you have not, you, there's nobody in this room to have 8,000 demons in them. In fact, we will probably never meet another man. We might meet 8,000 people who have demons, but I don't think we'll meet 8, 000, one person that has 8,000 demons. Okay, so, so this morning, no matter where you are in life and no matter what's happened to you, okay, Jesus has an answer for you and he loves you and he wants to reach you. And he can reach you. And he can deliver you instantly. He can fix your life instantly. Your life may not be as bad as this man's life. You may not be living out there screaming and carrying on all the time. But you may feel like your life's going nowhere. You may feel like I'm just not making progress in my life. Or I've lost my vision. I've lost my dream. Or I'm just messed up and I can't seem to get fixed. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You feel like you're stuck in life. Well, there's a person who has an answer for you. It's it's him. And he has the power to unstick you. He has the power to fix the mess you've made with your life. He has total power. Because we didn't read the rest of the story, but you know what? Jesus fixed that man instantly. And you know what he did to that man? That man wanted to go with him. He said, no, don't go with me. Go home and tell everybody what I've done for you. That man became a great preacher that really turned that city. You can go later... But he turned that city. Isn't that a a beautiful thought? So, this is what I'm feeling this morning. I'm feeling that God wants to set some people free this morning. I'm feeling there's people in this room that God is saying to you, today is, you you have an opportunity today. That he wants to reach you. You may have made a mess. Like I said, you may have ruined your life. But he wants to reach you today. He wants to, to show his love to you. He wants to reveal his power to you and get you out of where you are. Because I believe the power of God is available for us now. I believe we, all we've got to do is pull on it. We've got to draw on it and believe it. So I wanted to give you an opportunity this morning, if you were that person, to, to come up here to the front uh, right now. So. If you're that person, you feel like you may be stuck in life in some way. Or if you're that person, you feel like, listen, I've made a mess with my life. I've made some bad choices. I've made some bad decisions with my life. I've, I've, you know, it's just it's going down the tubes for me. If you're that person, come up here. Because the Lord wants to, wants to help you. He wants to work with you. and wants to do things for you. Because we don't, we don't serve a God that doesn't have power. I appreciate y'all coming. Anybody who feels that, I'll just wait a minute because I know there's more. Listen, every one of us in this room have some area of life we can't seem to get unstuck from. I believe there's a, I don't believe there's a person in this room that don't have some secret thing going on in them 
okay, like a secret sin that keeps coming back around. Anybody know what yeah. I'm talking about? Or anybody don't know what I'm talking about? If you don't know, you're awesome. This little thing that keeps just plaguing you. You've repented of it. You've renounced it 5,000 times. In fact, you've gotten tired of, you feel stupid. I'm telling on me. I feel stupid, Lord, but I've done it again. I'm sorry. I renounce this in the name of Jesus. Devil, get away from me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, and I'll probably renounce it again and feel stupid again. But one of these days, something's going to happen. One of these days, God's going to show up in the middle of my mess, in the middle of my failures, and he's going to be like with this guy. He's going to show up. And when he shows up, something's going to happen. So this is an opportunity. So let's just pray for a minute. This is, let's reach your hands up towards these people, okay? Let's just start praying for them right now. We don't know what's going on in their life, but we know there's something. And we're asking, Lord, uh, just like you did with the demoniac man, Lord, who had all those demons, whose life was destroyed, Lord, who brought shame on his family and friends, and, and people didn't know what to do with him, Lord. They just didn't know what to do with him. They couldn't help him, Lord. They couldn't help him. pray right now for these people standing up here just release your power on them right now the same power Lord the same power that came out of you that day on that hillside when that man got freed from all those demons when things were broken off in him Lord and healing came into his mind and healing came into his heart and he became a whole person he became a human being again he became what you created him to be Lord Lord, he came into a fullness, Lord. So, Lord, we're just asking you right now, and everybody standing up here, just begin to release your power right now, release your anointing right now. I want y'all to look at these guys. If you got a word for them, come up here. Just look at either one of them. Anybody you feel like you got a word for, just come up here and give them a word from heaven. Anybody you might feel particularly like God's speaking to you about right now, I want you to come up here. Give them the word. I know some of you are carrying prophetic anointing on you. You need to come out here and release that prophetic anointing. Yeah. Lord, we just are asking. We're pulling on heaven, Lord. We're, we're sort of like that woman with the issue of blood. We're not gonna. We're not gonna uh, hold back, and we're not gonna be uh, go with adequate, Lord. We're not gonna act nice, Lord, because we're we're people who have a need. We, we got brokenness in the house today, Lord. We got people whose lives have been broken. We have got people who are hurt. We have got people who have not had answers to prayer, Lord. We've got people who've gone around and around the mountain, Lord. And so, Lord, this is the people you want to reach today. This is the people you want to love on today. These are the people you want to speak to today. So, Lord, just release your power right now. Release your, I need some people over here. Come out here and give some words to these people. Y'all get up from there. Don't sit on, don't sit on the gift of God. Just come up here and release this anointing on them. I mean, if it was you standing up here, you'd want somebody to come and release, release the anointing. Be Jesus today. Be that man, Jesus Christ today. Be him today. Be him.
Release him to these people. Release God on these people today. Release the power of God over the oppression and the lies and the deception and the demonic plans over these folks in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, we just thank you today, Lord, that you're the anointed one. Lord, we thank you that you heal and you save and you deliver. Woo, Jesus. I just feel like maybe it's not you that's struggling with something demonic. Maybe maybe somebody in your family. You can come here and stand for that person and pray for that person that you know. Maybe it's your, your son, your daughter, somebody you love that the enemy has wrecked their life. You can come and stand here and pray for them too. Lord for the authority in Jesus thank you Lord because he said I have given you power I have given you power to tremble upon serpent and scorpions and nothing of the enemy will harm you you have authority yeah Lord we right now in Jesus name every commission of the enemy against us against our families against our children, Lord. We just come against that in the name of Jesus. And we ask you, Lord, that you release your angels to assist us in this battle, Lord. We are not alone. The Holy Spirit is within us. Thank you, Lord. Lord, and we just come against that oppression over the minds of people. In Jesus' name, every demonic oppression right now has to bow has to bow in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Yes, Lord, we pray for healing too. Lord, we just pray for healing. Let healing be released. Lord, we come against the spirit of pain. Lord, against the spirit of trauma that attaches and leeches to people. Yes, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Keep praying. Keep praying. Let the Lord do what he's doing. Let the Holy Spirit work right now. Lord, we just believe you want to bring breakthrough people's lives. You want to turn some things around today, Lord. You want to set some captives free, Lord. You want to open up some blind eyes today, Lord. Lord, you want to break demonic curses over people's lives today. You want to fix some things, Lord. You want to go into our past and fix some stuff in our past. We release you, Holy Spirit, into our past. We release you to go into our past and fix these things that are binding us, Lord. Fix them. Fix them, Lord. 
release us from the curses of our past, our mistakes, our sins, our failures. Break them off of us. Right now, right now. I see the Lord moving over there in the back. The Lord's touching people. Just receive it. Just receive it. Lord, we come against every work, every assignment in the name of Jesus. Every curse is broken in the name of Jesus. Woo! Yes, Lord, right now. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord Jesus. And the Lord also wants you to know about your future, that he is in your future. Jesus is in your future. He's in your future. You don't have to be afraid. He is in your future. He's there. When you get to your future, He's going to be right there with you, waiting on you. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. He's there in tomorrow with you. He's waiting on you, your tomorrow, for you to come. So, Lord, we just break off worry off of people. Worry about tomorrow. We just curse that in Jesus' name. I'm sensing somebody struggling with finances and the enemy has come against you to steal from you. The enemy has come against you to drive, to take away your dreams. And so he's attacking your finances. Lord, I just come against that in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that there will be a release in finances for people in the name of Jesus so they can pursue the things that you put in their hearts. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Anybody need a healing in their bodies, raise your hand. Those who need a healing, raise your hand. If somebody, look around you. If there's somebody around you with their hand raised, put your hand on them. Let's just release the anointing of Jesus on them right now for healing. Anybody who's got their hand raised, come back, I want you to release them. Healing. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, come on everyone that's feeling sick or there's fighting diseases or infection in their body and their bones in the name of Jesus. Right now, we command the spirit of affliction that has come to torment my brothers and sisters. In the name of Jesus, be gone right now. In Jesus' name. Yeah, y'all keep praying with me. Don't just be watching on me. Pray with me now. Release the things that God has over if you see somebody, then go to that person and pray. Pray for that person. And release the power of God that's in you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Touch every tendon, every bone, Lord. Lord, we come against diabetes in Jesus' name. We pray that you heal the pancreas, Lord. Lord, right now, let that. Let, if you're suffering from diabetes, woo, right now, brother. The Holy Spirit's coming upon you right now. Let him touch you and set you free. Lord, I pray for new pancreas. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, right now. Right now. In Jesus' name, we come against cancer. We come against cancer and the spirit of cancer in Jesus' name. Be gone right now. Be gone in Jesus' name. Woo! Yeah. Mm. 
Lord, I, you're healing somebody's back. I pray for that person. If you're suffering for, for lower back, from pain in your lower back, from the muscles, right now, Lord, I pray you touch them. Touch that person. Touch my brother. Touch my sister. Lord, release your power, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Let healing flow. Let's heal and flow. There's somebody here that someone has declared their organ is dead. There's an organ in their body that's dead. And I'm telling you, God is bringing it to life right now. He is bringing it to life, that organ that's dead. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Can't help the same. 